You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show, World Arm Wrestling League, show number 20. Neil Pickup here, and it's great to have you all on board once again for half an hour, or a little more, of talk about the latest and greatest in the world of arm wrestling. World Arm Wrestling League 505 is now in the history books. What an event. We saw a further step in the evolution of Victoria Carlson as she overcame Tatiana Faria in fine and impressive fashion. As any Australian will tell you on social media, if you don't believe that Danny Tesh is the strongest arm wrestler of all time, regardless of weight or any other consideration whatsoever, you're nuts. Well, I don't know about that, but what I will say is that he did his country and his massive supporters proud. Danny Tesh overcoming a very spirited and unfortunate at times Quinlan Mendez. Whilst the warrior from the United States gave it every ounce as we knew he would, Danny Tesh looked that little bit more impressive and when the match stopped, he clearly had more in reserve. Tesh is an exciting prospect in the World Arm Wrestling League. It'll be great to see where that young man goes. The hometown hero, Jeff, the Hailraiser Hail was run dangerously close in front of his wife, child and supporters as Adam Wilmot came in hungry, came in ready and came in strong. Wilmot took the first two pins and really rattled Hale's cage. Even more impressively, as it was on Hale's home territory, the feedback from the man from Tulsa after the match was that Adam Wilmot is for real. Do you believe in the devil? Well, it seems like the devil believes in the angry bird. And where there's one believer, there's usually more. I'm pretty sure Adam Wilmot will feel like he's got a victory in that alone. Following his upset loss to Toddzilla, Todd Hutchins, the wild horse, Matt Mask, has been on a tear. The man from Red Deer looking like he is unstoppable in the heavyweight division, tearing through high-level opponent after high-level opponent the last of which was none other than Hermes Gasparini of Italy, a man who came in with massive reputation, but he got a sour, bitter, harsh and difficult first taste of World Arm Wrestling League competition. His welcome by the wild horse was anything but warm. It was more like red, scalding hot. Mask, the winner of the super match between super top rollers. And in the main event of the evening, all eyes were firmly fixed on who would emerge to challenge Michael Todd for the hammer in WEL's 506 Night of Champions. The answer? The gingerbread man. Jerry Cadaret managed to tear through Toddzilla on two occasions. After a scare in round two, 
and focused firmly on trying to beat Michael Todd for a second time and take the hammer to Boston. With the announcement now official on that highly anticipated matchup, I'm sure that one man who cannot wait to get involved is the reigning champion of the world, Michael Todd. Ladies and gentlemen, the monster is with us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I am on the line right now with the heavyweight champion of the world, Monster Michael Todd, is in the house. Mike, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing very well, Neil. Well, it is official, Michael Todd. A lot of chat, a lot of talk, a lot of bravado, and a lot of opinion around who, when, and where. Uh, the when is 25th of September. The where is Atlanta. And the who is the ginger dread man. Jerry Cadaret gets the call, and he will be the guy that challenges for the hammer. I think it's a hammer that you've just got your hands on, so I'm pretty sure you don't want to give it up too quickly, right? Absolutely. A hammer's not going anywhere. Now, Michael, we um, people may not know, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let them know. We were sat on the phone for sort of five, ten minutes just a moment ago. We were on a group line. We were waiting for uh, Jerry to call in. Uh, and Jerry's just messaged. He's held up at work and hasn't been able to get on there. We were going to do a sort of a three-way thing, and we will try and get back to that in one of the shows before five or six because I think people would like to hear it. But for now, Mike, if we can just talk about you, basically, mate, your thoughts and feelings going up to this because I think the heavyweight division's got a lot of chat, a lot of chatter at the moment, a lot gone down. It's been, a, would say, probably the focus of the 500 series, it's fair to say, has been really around the heavyweight. That's where a lot of the story's been going. You know, you've had, it's been like a Guy Ritchie film. There's been sort of strands going in different directions. You've got the story of Todd Hutchins with his move from a dominant middleweight into a challenging and a, and a serious contender in the heavyweight division. And he's done a great job of that. You've got the sort of return uh, to form or return to prominence, effort to return to prominence of No Limits, Devin Larratt, a man who you uh, took out in last year's final in Atlanta. At the same time, you've got your defense of the title. And, the, the outing that you've had this year, you were scheduled to have more, but the outing that you had this year against Easy Money Dave Chafee, not so easy money for Big Dave that night. You looked in incredible form. And when we were speaking a few moments ago, you started the conversation, just general chit-chat with me. I am in a good place right now. I'm in rare form. Talk to me about that a bit, Mike. I mean, one of the things you said, I think people out there will be, will be quite impressed by where you're at weight-wise. Just give me a bit of feedback on that. Yeah, so on that note, um, I am in the best form of my life, and I, I contribute that to my approach. My approach has been very methodical this year. Um, I believe WAL is the future of arm wrestling in, in an entertainment format. And, and when I say the future, I mean this is where the exposure is going to come for me. This is where mm -hmm. my name will be globally recognized. So because of that, I am in a very great place. I'm, I am the reigning champion. What would suck was if I was to lose that title, right? If I was to lose that title right before WAL went mainstream. Yeah. Because of that, I have trained harder than I've ever trained. I've been more consistent than I've ever been. I've never trained my hand, wrist, and forearms this much, this long, this consistently, right? Uh, I weighed in at 257.2 this morning. 
I'm, I'm a very healthy, very fit, you know, this is the version of me that I would hate to have to be across the table from. Mm-hmm. So 257. 257.2, right? Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't had a bad meal in 19 days. And uh, part of this, I'm going to tell you this too. So in the, in the World Arm Wrestling League, we have, I have an appearance fee. So I mm-hmm. get paid X amount of dollars to show up and put one yep. on the table. Well, then I also have a win bonus. Well, you know, people say, well, I'd like to see you arm wrestle this way. I'd like to see you arm wrestle that way. Well, when there's a win bonus, I'm going to win, right? So you're going to see me arm wrestle however I can win easiest because I'm going to get that win bonus. Yep. So the way I looked at this and I thought to myself, you know, when, when the match was announced, um, I'm, you know, 30-something days out when the match was announced, and uh, I knew that if I do everything that I'm supposed to do, or my opinion is, if I do everything that I'm supposed to do leading up to the match, you know, I eat right, I train, I, I check all my boxes, then there's no way that I'm going to lose. So what I did is I just broke down that win bonus over like 32 days. Mm-hmm. And it came out to X amount of dollars a day. So every day that I wake up and I, I do my, my morning cardio circuit, which is wrist rows, uh, battle ropes and all that stuff, hand and wrist focused. And then, you know, I eat right. I do all get all my meals in. And then I do my weight training circuit. And then I do my rope pulling circuit. Yep. I check all my boxes. That's X amount of more dollars I'm depositing in my bank account that day because I know I'm going to win. So it's just been a very uh, professional approach. Like I, I treat myself like a professional athlete. And I because of that, I'm in, I'm in very rare form right now. So I think one yeah. of the things that you do well, Mike, is you, you sort of um... – and I, I, I want to sort of put this in the right way. You're almost like um, it's like you've got an obsessive compulsive disorder around training, around winning. Really, you when you get when you sort of get onto something, into you almost treat arm wrestling, and and, and you've done this for as long as I've known you, mate. But you almost treat it like a project, like the whole thing is a project. Some people will focus more on how they're going to prep from a technical perspective. You sort of don't really do that. I know people will, you know, you'll, you'll have you guys out there right now who are shouting, shouting down the, the radio, shouting into the phone saying, well, we all know what Michael's going to do. He's going to Kings. I know for a fact, after working with you for, it's got to be 15, coming probably coming close to 20 years, that when you go into arm wrestling matches, you've always treated the manner in which you go into them the same in some respects. And by that, I mean that if you see what's in front of you, if you can see your list of requirements, your dates, your times, your level of preparation, it's like a military operation. You specify all the disparate elements, you put them into boxes, and then you start to knock them over. And I think you probably do that more obsessively than I think anybody that I've ever come across in this sport. Um, And probably... I'm going to say more obsessively than anyone I've come across in most sports. You do take this very, very seriously. And um, I think to your, to your, your, to your eternal credit with that, mate, but it must be nice when you start to see the fruits of those labours paying off. And as I said a moment ago, we're not talking about just your World Arm Wrestling League career. We're talking about the effort, the evolution that you've put into this sport for... 20 years plus so that's got to make you feel good that you are now probably on anybody's card and i I literally mean anybody lover or hater of monster michael todd they're going to be thinking dude's good though 
<laughs> you know, can he, you know, the, in, when you listen around social media right now, when you listen to various shows, various podcasts, various promotions right around the world, you look at the strands of arm wrestling that are out there. People will talk about the elite organizations for the sport, the elite promotions for the sport. And they're going to probably come to three areas, which is now thinning down from a professional perspective to two. That would be the top eight and the World Arm Wrestling League. Those are the areas that people are really going to talk about as being the elite upper echelon of professional arm wrestling right now, particularly with the issues facing WAF. And if you were to question someone from the PAL, if you were to question someone from the World Arm Wrestling League, I think the answers would be relatively consistent. When you're talking about the the short list of athletes who may be in the hunt to be the very best in the world right now, you are unequivocally right in that conversation, mate. And, and I know that is something that matters to you immeasurably. It matters a lot to me because um, I do believe that there was a point when I was the overall number in the world. I just didn't get that global recognition because I didn't get the match with Dennis. Mm -hmm. uh, between 2012, 2014, I was very, very proficient. Um, but I also was uh, was very conditioned. So that goes back to what I was saying previously a moment ago is this version of me is that version, but more mature, uh, a little smarter in my approach. Mm -hmm. and and i'm a so when i'm very fit like when i'm confident in who i am um that's a guy who you don't want to be across the table from it the guy that would be your best bet to pull would be if um, i'm self-conscious about how my shirt fits because you know i got a little extra body fat on me and i'm not focused on the match i'm more focused on you know not not appearing to be fat like when i pulled push car i was very strong but i was unhealthy with my percentage of body fat and it, it affected me so believe me mate i know all about that feeling i went out <laughs> a walk in the countryside with my family yesterday and my shirt didn't fit too good it was riding up a little bit and when i turned around a, a farmer had pulled a stool up in a bucket and was trying to milk my side tits oh that's so funny i knew you were gonna say side tits that's hilarious um but yeah so i mean you know me and you know me a long time and i'm, a, I'm about as mental as, as they come Oh, yeah. Right now, I'm in a different place. And you noticed it last year when you saw me before my match with Devin just moments before. Um, I know I'm putting in the work. I know I am, right? Yeah, so, you were super confident at that match. I think I think people probably don't realize how confident you were. And I've seen you when you've been a complete nutcase. And I've seen you when you're melting down. And I've seen you when you're lacking that confidence. And the moment that I touched eyes with you when we, when you were just about to go into that match i thought holy it is on because you were you and to be fair mate you've seemed very settled all year you've not been with the possible exception of like uh maybe two or three weeks earlier or two or three weeks out from the Dave match when you were having a little wobble, but nothing too serious. It's just because I didn't know how strong he was, right? Mm. I, I knew I had done everything I could do, and I just did not know where his strength was because, you know, it had been so long since we can, you know, we'd, we'd competed, you know, it's been two yeah. years, and he had he'd done great things. He was being globally recognized as the overall number one in that period. And so for me, um, I just had to, I had to know that I was in the match, and that match was easier than I expected. 
And the version of me that's going to show up in a month is going to be stronger than the, the guy I was then. I will do the same workout tomorrow. That was the heaviest workout I've ever done the week before Dave. And I still have two more weeks to get stronger. And everything. And the thing is, I'm doing the workouts more efficiently. Like the exact same weights, workouts that I struggled with that pushed me nearly to my limit. Um, I'm now going through those same workouts on this prep, a lot less effort. So I think that just comes back down to my conditioning. It comes down to my nutrition. It comes down to me taking a more methodical professional approach, like you said. So, yeah, it, it just, I don't want, I, I refuse, I refuse to uh, let this opportunity pass me by. When WL does hit, hit, hit its stride, I will be the guy. Um, I will be the guy who is the champion. And if, if the only way to make Devin the champion is to bring in a left-handed, then I'm going to start training my left, too, because uh, <laughs> I'm going to make sure that this league and this sport knows who the man is. Oh, mate, love it. The, one other thing, I mean, obviously, you're in a situation now where you, you clearly, I know you, you're not pulling Devin, but you clearly feel like uh, you are a level up from Devin. I, I, know, I know that, because when we've spoken beforehand, you've said, yeah, I, I don't think Devin wants that match. Uh, when we were in LA, after that, I think you you said, "Look, I'm telling you now, Devin doesn't want to pull me. He doesn't want it." And I and, and I don't think you were doing that in a disrespectful way. I think you were genuinely feeling like you were in a different league. And you mentioned it a moment ago. The the Dave Chafee win, as incredibly powerful as Dave clearly is. I mean, undeniably, Dave's a diesel. I mean, he's he's ridiculous. But you didn't really get out of second gear in that match. Now, I know a lot of that, in my opinion, is down to styles. And I, and I think another element there is down to Dave's mental approach. And we spoke about that prior to the match. I think Dave has a little bit of a concern around your style. He doesn't feel comfortable with what you do at the arm wrestling table. And you're very proficient at doing that, at sort of taking away his game. You're definitely his bogeyman. But it is hard when you look around at the roster as it stands right now, and to be honest, options who could be brought in from elsewhere, right-handed, you've got to be thinking that you are, if you can stay in this form I'm talking about, if you can stay in this situation where you're healthy, you're confident, you're not in, you're not going in there busted up, you've got to feel like you could hang on to the hammer for a significant period of time, Michael. That is 100% my plan. Um, Jerry is the only question that needs answered. And to me, in my mind, it, there is no question. I know what happened in that match. And I, I, I will. I know that uh, that won't happen again. Mm-hmm. So, but there are people out there. You know, that, that video had 1.9 million views of me losing a seven-minute match. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. I don't lose matches that stop. And I lost that match because... My hand broke about two minutes in, and I was unable to transition. I had everything I needed. I just could not make the transition. Um, mm. But, yeah, so all the credit in the world to Jerry. That's you know great job, great win. You have that win. Uh, and I was an advocate of how he's the one that deserved the title shot until I found out a few weeks ago that he was offered it as the opener this year, but he was on vacation at that time, right? So at that point, I thought, okay, well, maybe he didn't really want it. But now, you know, he had this little injury after uh, Todd Hutchings, and he signed the, signed the offer sheet. I'm good. I'm ready. I'll be ready. Devin was in shock. He's like, there's no way he's, he's going to be ready because Devin had mm. his 
little injury that didn't bruise like that. And he's like, dude, I can't be ready. You know, I'm just, you know, I, I got it. It's not, it's not good for me right now. I won't be ready. So mm-hmm. for Jerry to jump in and say, yes, I'll be ready. Um, you got to respect that. That's, that's an, am- but he understands what's in front of him, right? He understands that this is his shot. If he turns it down again, he won't get another one. Oh, mate. I mean, I, I, I spoke to Devin on the phone earlier this evening, actually. Uh, we were chatting through, he's, he's on, he's, he's away with his family at the moment on like a, a vacation and he we, we had a good chat about this whole situation and one of the things that he raised there was uh jerry's absolute willingness to throw himself into the line of fire at a moment's notice and i'll tell you this jerry cataret is an absolute warrior and talk about underrated i mean the, the funnily enough there was a thing that came out the other day um eric from the green machine eric Rousson, i put together a, a list of pullers, top 30 pullers of the 90s and this, that, and the other. Everybody's got an opinion who should should have been on there and this, that, and the other. One guy that was omitted from that was Jerry. Jerry Cadaret is an absolute animal. I mean, if you, if you chart that dude's career right from day dot, back in the old Yukon Jacks, he was there banging away with the top pullers in the world. If you, I remember watching him in Virginia beach in the early two thousands, um, winning world titles at world arm wrestling federation. The man is venom. I mean, he really is. And as you say, seven minute matches against the likes of yourself runs Devon close. You'll see that when he was doing the same sort of thing to John Brazink, you'll see the same sort of thing with Cleve Dean Zauer. Gary Goodrich, and the list goes on and on. He's always been there. And, and, and in some respects, I think he's one of the most underrated super heavyweight arm wrestlers of all time. Because Jerry Cadaret is a phenomenally powerful individual. And what a tremendous bloke as well. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. That's the only thing about this match that makes it um, not as desirable for me. Because I do like Jerry. He's a good mm-hmm. dude. And I, I hate that he had that that small injury because I'm not taking my foot off the gas pedal at all. No, I mean you sign you sign on the dotted line. I'm coming. I'm coming to take your head off. I will be the very best version of me. I will win in dominant fashion. And you know if if, if his injury plays a role, I'd be happy to run it back next season. Whatever whatever we need to do. Jerry's a great dude. I mean, love the guy to death. Uh, I was in his corner against Todd Hutchins, right? So me and Jerry go way back. I've known that mm-hmm. guy forever. Our first match was in 1995. 1995 Yukon Jack Regionals down in uh, Daytona Beach. Uh, uh, he, he he dumped his wrist. I went off the back of the pad twice. He won the match. So we go way back. You know, that's 24 years ago. Yeah. Um, great dude. But, yeah, he really is. And, and, and I know and, people and I might it. be thinking that, you know, some of this is just for the podcast or just for, you know, to try and build a fan base. But I can tell you it isn't because I can't remember what, what, what evening we spoke earlier this week just on the phone chatting things through and you said to me then, you know, one thing that really rubs me the wrong way, Neil, is the fact that people might think that Jerry's injured coming into this one. And, and it really annoys me because I wanted to face the absolute best Jerry Cataret there's ever been. And you said that to me when there was no cameras running, there was no recordings being done. And that is what you said to me. You wanted to, to face to Jerry. You know, I just yeah. want to put it to bed. Um, I am the champion. I've won ever since I came over to this league. Mm-hmm. Ever since I inducted myself into this league i won when i wasn't supposed to win when it was an open tournament 
Yep. Uh, one, when last year everyone just assumed Devin was going to be the champion because he was 260 pounds or whatever. Yep. Uh, I am the champion, and I will remain the champion as long as I want to be. And I, 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 I feel bad, but there's no way I'm letting this hammer go. That's just it. I'm not losing. Ladies and gentlemen, we have got to take a short break real quick. Please do not go away. We will be back hearing more from Monster Michael Todd in just a few. It's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. The first place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000. And it only costs $100 to enter. All you gotta do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Now, for our listeners, get up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Use promo code this week to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code this week when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get straight back in the mix with the monster. I think that right now, over five-round or six-round professional super match format, you would beat any arm wrestler in the world, including Levan Saganashvili, including Natalia Lalatin. I actually think Lalatin poses the biggest risk to you because of his style and speed, but I don't believe that he can flash you that many times in a row. And I still believe that if you stop anyone, major problem. Right I now. agree with that. I mean, I've shored up the holes that were in my my, my game, right? There, were, there were, I had I had very few holes, but they, they did exist, mm-hmm. right? And uh, there were pathways in which you could defeat me. Uh, I don't think they, they I don't think they they no longer exist. I, I believe that you talked about Devin, in my opinion, there is a gap. I have surpassed Devin, and the only thing that is happening is the gap's getting bigger. So if you're not ready for it now, don't think you're going to be ready for it in three months. Don't mm-hmm. think you're going to be ready for it in six months. You know why? Because I'm not going to stop. I've never been more focused. I've never been more dedicated. I've never had more we- reasons to be the champ than I do right now. Yeah. Um, so that's just how I feel. That's my approach. Until proven otherwise, you can't convince me. Put me on a lot of detector right now. I'll tell you I'm the best. Well, we, we, you know, you, we, you said to me earlier, this is my house. The World Arm Wrestling League is where I am. It's where I'm about. And just to sort of clear up another myth, there might be people thinking out there that you're hungry for going out and chasing that legendary, mythical recognition of number one, which, let's be honest, you've been in very much someone who's done that throughout your career. You've looked for that and you've travelled everywhere. One of the things I think that represents the biggest change in you of late is that maturity that you spoke about. You do not appear 
in any way to be concerned about doing that. You don't appear to be concerned about chasing down uh, the winner of the top eight or anything like that. You're more than content right now to let them come to you because you are in the you are in a, in a in a a very very strong position. Yeah. Um, so originally, even as early as a month ago. I wanted to get through 506, and then I wanted to call out whoever wins top eight. And I don't have to. In time, they'll come to me, right? Whatever, yeah, I really believe they will. Whatever the dominant league is, whatever the most premier league is, which I do believe is going to be WAL, regardless of how one is more towards sport and one's more towards entertainment, however you want to look at it, you will not be able to call yourself the best in the world until you beat me. Mm-hmm. So that, and I, I have a ton of respect for Vitaly Letton, Levon, Prudnik, all those guys that were, it, we're just a, it's in a big extended family. Yeah. You know, obviously that's how this sport is. You know, this, you've been in it 30 years like me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I start my 30th year next month. My yep. 30th year in the sport will begin the middle of September. Mm-hmm. So as much respect as I have for all those guys right now, I got to take care of me and my family and the WL is being good to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to show that in return, you know, so I'm going to defend the hammer and then, uh, I'm going to be ready to take on whoever they bring next. Now, if you look at the sort of crop of athletes that are out there right now, mate, if you look at Jerry Cataret, you look at Devon, you look at Todd Zilla, uh, the other guys that a, a guy that I rate highly in terms of his potential if he ever could get the focus. And I feel a little sorry for him because I think he's a little isolated as well. And he's underrated as a super heavyweight would be Ryan Espy. Uh, he, and, and he's another tremendous bloke, Ryan, and massively, uh, again, underrated, I really believe. He's, he's an exceptionally strong arm wrestler, particularly left-handed. Huge yeah, individual, massive very guy. And he, big, he matches yeah. up well in the World Arm Wrestling League. There's a lot of guys there that you look at and you think, oh, him and Espy would be a great match. The list goes on and on to the amount of people you can put out there. How do you see the pecking order? Are there any guys in there that you think? I mean, everybody's sort of naturally assuming that Dave, Devon are your next two. Do you think that, for example, Jerry, if he got another shot at Devon, do you think that he could learn and he would manage to get through Devon? Devon obviously took it the last time out. Dev, I think his chances against Devon are greater than his chances against Dave. Mm-hmm because Dave's so powerful, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, Jerry, like you said, Jerry's extremely underrated. Ron Espy's a very strong guy. Matt Mask had a, a beautiful season with the exception of Todd Hutchings. Yep. Todd Hutchings, insanely strong, right? Um, so there's a lot of guys out there. I just believe that uh, once I retain the title at 506, the world will realize there's a gap between number one and number two. Now, you spoke about your left arm, mate, the, the the match between Devin Lara and Wagner Wartalato. I wanted to sort of draw a little bit of experience from you on that match because the the announcement for 506 has just come out. And I know that I think you're the, from certainly from North America, you're the super heavyweight who was most recent experience of Wagner. And a lot of people out there, I've, I've seen a lot of posts online, I've seen a lot of comments uh, when they made the announcement, like who the is that guy 
you know, not that they they don't know about Wagner. You you're a guy that's experienced him up close and personal. Do you think that is a credible match? Do you think that Wagner's inclusion is warranted? One hundred percent, and I think it's a horrible matchup for Devin. Um, Devin may pull it out, but I, that guy destroyed me left-handed just nine months ago. Now my left's not my right. My left suspect. My left right now at the moment feels pretty good. Right now, right now mm-hmm. my left feels pretty good. But that guy destroyed me left-handed. And I've got a very good shoulder press. And this was not a guy that was going to, you know, it wasn't like he was going to go outside and try to stop. I couldn't even get, I couldn't even turn in. He smacked me so bad. It was just horrible. He's 297 pounds last December. I have no idea what he weighs now. He's, he's a freak. He's thick. He's dense. He's hard as a wall. And he's crazy. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. guy is so, oh my God! It'll, if he beats Devin, it'll be the greatest celebration in WAL history. That yeah, I may, I may move from the goddamn commentary desk. He's like a little scary when he wins. No, it's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so he's a, he is a very real threat. Um, Devin has a lot of options. Devin, you know, he's he's a very technical arm wrestler. If he loses one place, he'll try something else. He may pull it out. But if I'm a betting man. Uh, Devin's beat me before left-handed, but I've never been beat the way Wagner beat me left-handed. So my money's on Wagner. Um, interesting. Very, very interesting. I mean, you said it there. Wagner's a big man, uh, bigger probably right now than we've seen him certainly for seven or eight years. And he seems like he's refocused. I mean, he does seem like he's there throwing weights around in the gym. Uh, he looks like a giant blacksmith cross with God. I mean, he, he, you. It's it's in, when you when you see he does not appear as big on social media. When you see him in person and you see how wide he is and you see how thick his forearm is and how thick in his wrist, you're like, oh my god. Mm. I mean, he is a very imposing figure, right? I mean, it's like he's carved out of stone. He's a he's a he's a legit threat. I mean, I, I did a talk on our our YouTube channel. I did a top five left-handed, and I put him in fifth. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. uh, and I was counting a healthy Dennis and LeVon and all of them. I mean, I, I still put Wagner in there. I mean, he's bad, bad dude. Another um, interesting matchup that we're getting to see in 506, mate, which I wanted a little bit of feedback from you on because you're very familiar with both ladies, is the ladies' match between Sarah who everyone knows, and I say everybody knows, most people will definitely know, Sarah Rotunda. The person they may not know is Gabi Vasconcelos. Uh, Gabriela, obviously massively recognised in Europe for a success at the World Arm Wrestling Federation, main draw, double elimination competition. Rarely seen her in super matches, and some of her bigger and better outings in super matches have actually been against the Lady who is now Sarah Thunder was Sarah Backman. You're pretty familiar with both these girls, mate. Just break that down for us, the kind of level that we're seeing here. It'll be the highest level of female arm wrestling anyone who's ever watched WL will ever see. Not has seen, will ever see. These two women are two of the most accomplished female arm wrestlers in the history of arm wrestling. Gabby may be the most accomplished female arm wrestler ever. I don't know how many world titles she has, but it's 20 plus. WAF world titles. I believe at 15 years old, she won the juniors and the seniors right and left at her first ever world championship. Mm-hmm. 
she's, I mean, the only person who could possibly have more world titles than her would be Arena McIntyre. Yeah, McIntyre. McIntyre. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if she does, but but it's insane, right? So Gabby is unreal. Sarah is one of those people, like you said about me. She's very similar in her mindset. Once you put a goal in front of that girl, nothing else matters. She focuses and she works towards accomplishing that goal. Is it too big of an ask for her right now? Because she's been out and Gabby has not. And Gabby's still been checking off boxes and beating people and cementing her legacy. I don't know. Um, I know I heard her interview this morning with uh, Artem. And she says she's the underdog. I heard Wylan and Fia say they believe that Gabby will win. Um, I can't predict that outcome. I'm going to be excited as hell to watch that match. So, well, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, you, it's hard to get your head around that, really, when you listen to some of the people that have been training with Sarah, unless it's just Sarah's smart and she's trying to keep that pressure off herself, and she's a very intelligent young lady. But, you know, this is a, this is a lass that bench presses over 100 kilograms. You know, she's got legitimate wins on men. I mean, you know, no. on, on, on arm wrestling men. Girl, you know, they, yeah, we're not she, talking about guys that don't Without a doubt. So it's, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? When you when you see the caliber of the people that are coming into the final, you and, and then you look at the titles that are on the line. You've got yourself and Jerry, obviously a rock solid match up there, and a lot of uh, unanswered questions will be answered, and I know you're very keen to put those to bed. I think um that same theme runs through the middleweights. There's been a lot of chat around who should get the call, who should get the shot. It's come out that it will be Justin Bishop. The Bama Bull will get his shot at RVJ. It sounds to me as though a lot of people do have RVJ on a little pedestal, me included. I think that he does sit pretty much atop of that division right now. But in terms of the chasing pack, the following pack, do you agree with that decision? Do you think Bishop was the right call? I think it was a... They, were, they didn't have a lot of options, right? You couldn't give Storm the match because he had it last year at the finals. Mm-hmm. And although people would love to see a rematch of me and Devin, that's a more high-profile match. So you, yep. and, and, and that was – our match was very close, right? It was one of the best matches that WL has ever seen. Storm and RBJ wasn't, right? So you couldn't give Storm that match again. Even though he might be better and more deserving, maybe the best of the crop. He might be the number two guy. Mm-hmm. You could not – with a short season that we have, you could not give to Storm. So the other option, Paul Lynn. Paul Lynn's extremely strong young man. Very bright future. But he's just new enough to where you feel like, okay, maybe we don't give him the title shot yet. Let's let's mm-hmm. have that next season. So Justin Bishop was, you know, the obvious choice, in my opinion, from the people out there. Couldn't be Craig Touye again because Craig pulled RBJ earlier this season, right? So uh, I feel like it had to be Justin. Now, I do believe Rob is the favorite. I think everything that Justin's good at, Rob is superior at. But Justin has a lot of heart, and he, you know, he surprised. He, I was shocked that he beat Mike Sellier as, as convincingly as he did through yeah. his hand, right? Through his hand, like the, beat Mike where Mike's strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so you never know. But RBJ is one of those guys who genetically has everything you need. If you were to design an arm wrestler, he has all the tools. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's yeah, something I want to talk about. I'm going back to me for a minute. Um, the reason I work so hard. And the, it's not because it's because I'm not the, the genetic guy. 
I'm not Devin Larratt and six six and have the long levers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not that guy. I don't have a massive hand. I just work with what I have, and what I have and what God gave me was a heart that I think is bigger than most. Um, I I don't quit. I, I, mean, no. I just refuse for. I mean, it's just not going to happen, right? So, I would love to see someone like RBJ have my my level of commitment, my level of you know approach to this sport. And it's hard to keep him as motivated. Like they, you know, he was he was an opener and he was was off all season. And yeah, I talked to him quite a bit. And it's hard to stay motivated when you're when you feel like you're on the shelf. Yeah. But for me, you know, I I pulled five hundred three. I was supposed to pull five hundred four. I got take, pulled out of that match. You know, I literally got pulled out of the match. And I, I'm, and I hate, look, basically, they said I was, I was too strong. They didn't come yep. in. I don't, yep. I, we, we wanted a better match, right? We wanted to, and, and Matt's a great guy. And who knows how that match goes? I believe, uh, I believe I'm a bad matchup for him, but you never know. He was hungry. He was excited about the match. But no one expected me to beat Dave the way I beat him. So, but yeah, so then I got pulled from the card. And, it, it, at first, it was a little hit. I was like, well, shit, how do I stay motivated? But I knew, I knew that, you know, I'm going to be defending my hammer at the finals. And I knew that uh, it was either going to be Devin or it was going to be Jerry. And uh, I, I felt that at the time, I was on a different level. And I wasn't about to let them give them the opportunity to catch me. And that's all it is. I just, I hate losing. I hate losing. I hate being in a position where I've worked so hard to put myself to where I'm at right now to take my foot off the gas. You know, that's why I say if there's a gap between me and Devin now, that gap's just going to get bigger. Um, and that's how I feel. I just feel that right now, it's my time. And it's right now. And my 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 biggest opponent, my only opponent, in my opinion, is me. It's if I choose to not continue doing what I'm doing. If I keep doing what I'm doing, like you said, I think I have a very good chance of holding on to that hammer for a very long time. Unfortunately, ladies and gents, that is all we have got time for on this week's episode. I want to say a massive thank you to the man, the hammer holder, the champion of the world, Monster Michael Todd, for stepping up one more time on World Arm Wrestling League this week and letting us know his thoughts and opinions. I want to thank all of you guys for taking the time and I hope that you'll come back same time next time, mother fluffers, and join me, Neil Pickup, on the World Arm Wrestling League this week. Take it easy, peeps. The socially distanced NFL Draft is finally here, and you can follow all the action at betonline.net. Wondering who will be the first, second, and third draft pick? Do you know if more offensive or defensive players will be taken in the first round? Have a hunch on how many trades will take place in the first round? Maybe you're into oddities like how many draftees' dogs will be shown during first-round coverage. Before the draft goes live, head over to betonline.net for the latest props, lines, and odds. Bring the draft home with betonline.net. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Barton, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let sports garden. 
Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.